morning and welcome to WNHH Radio's High Haven, a program about everything Jewish in our community. In New Haven, everything Jewish in our community includes helping families in need, whether or not they're Jewish. Our guest today, Rachel Skolnick Dobin, uh, helps the Jewish Family Services Organization do that through an outreach program called SOS. She's here to tell us about the work they do, as well as an upcoming spring celebration planned for May 6th. Welcome to the studio, Rachel, and happy Pesach. Thank you. So the SOS program, I guess, stands for Jewish Community Social Work Outreach Service, right? Outreach Support Services, yes. Outreach Support Services, but you, SOS was a neat kind of nickname. Right. And uh, and it started in 2010, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah. Now, what I seem to remember, I remember going to a meeting at United Way at that time. We were in the midst of the recession. Families were losing their homes or at risk of losing their homes. People, A lot of people had lost jobs. And the Jewish community united, if I remember correctly, people like Sidney Perry, um, Joe Adler, and others had gotten together the United Way about how do we do a one-time campaign where we go door-to-door, neighbor-to-neighbor, find out who's hurting, and sometimes in surprising places, and getting them help. Is that the roots of this program? You're exactly right. So back in 2010, we knew that there were a lot of families that were really struggling and some that weren't coming forward. So one of the things the SOS program knew were there were a lot of Jewish families specifically that were struggling that we didn't know of, that we couldn't reach out to, that weren't coming to the Jewish community. So we wanted to start to find out who these families were, who these individuals were, and tell them that as a community, we were here to support them and help them in lots, any way we could. So, but it, it started out, if I remember correctly, the original goal was a one-time sweep, right? Like identify 100 or, or 1,000 families, you know, between 100 and 1,000 families I, and see what help they need and get them quickly plugged in. So I think originally we wanted to identify, first we needed to almost show that, yes, there are Jewish people right here in this community that are struggling. Right? Mm-hmm. We wanted to be able to identify that there were 100 individuals or 100 families of people that absolutely needed help to be able to help them quickly provide emergency assistance quickly, get them back on their feet. We found those 100 people very quickly, and so the program has continued and continued. And it wasn't just Jewish people, obviously. Right. And so we'll help every, you know anyone that comes across uh, my phone or my desk. I will help, and I will provide um, immediate services to help people get back on their feet. And when we talk about help, we're talking everything from... If they're looking for a job, help them with the resume and job coaching. If they might be losing their house, help them with money management or dealing with a bank about debt or a lender. Um, food for food pantries, that kind of stuff, right? Right. So JFF, basic social services. Basic, basic um, I use the word phrase case management. So really basic case management services to individuals. And there's no question that someone can ask me that I won't try to find the answers to. And we're going to try to find whatever we need to help those people. So if that's a resume, me helping edit a resume, helping send them to a Connecticut Works, helping them figure out their own skills that they might very well already have to network themselves into a new job. So the reason I brought up the roots of the program, it seemed to me an example of what was intended to be a temporary effort becoming permanent. So at what point did you say, this is something we're going to keep doing, we're going to hire Rachel, do it for good, we're going to do it out of JFS? So Right, so SOS has been, um, it was started from, you know, these independent donors and someone like Joe Adler who really saw this need in our community and he was one of the real inspirations behind the SOS program because he was able to see this was really, really important. And as we started, we were able to very quickly sadly see that there was a lot more need than just 100 people. There was needs all throughout the greater New Haven community, and there was a lot that needed to really become an integral part of the JFS and part of this community. So what is the difference between what SOS does 
and what the rest of what JFS or a multi-service social service organization does. What makes the help you get people getting a home or getting a job or getting food or becoming self-sufficient, which I know is a big thread of what you do. How is that different from other work at the agency and in the industry? So JFS does tons of amazing work. Um, it, as you know, we have counseling services, we have mental health services, we're helping with adoption, fo- adoption yeah. foster kids. Um, we do a ton of services, but the SOS program was the first time that JFS specifically concentrated on short-term needs, on oh. case management needs. Hence SOS, emergency. Right. right, that had never been done before, and really also doing the outreach into the community. So one of the things that we know and that um, I've worked really hard to try to eliminate is that shame lives in secrecy. And so within the Jewish community, we knew there were a lot of Jewish people that were really struggling, could have been out of work, could have had struggled from a bad breakup, and they weren't coming forward because as a Jewish family, we're supposed to be look perfect and be okay and not have any problems. And we know that's just not true. And so one of my big goals is to be able to go out into the community and say, I'm here, JFS is here, and we're there for you. Please come forward. Please share with me. There is no shame in that. And how do you go out and find people? How do you uh, get the word out and go door to door? Uh, so I, you know, we started off, we went um, to all the, to the rabbis, to the other tier one agencies, to the JCC, to Jewish Federation, um, to Jewish Foundation, and they work very closely with JFS. And if they see a family or individuals that are struggling, they're going to send them to us. And so yeah, what kind of case management loan do you have? How many people, how many households do you help at? So it depends on a month to month basis. It's I can carry anywhere from like fifty to seventy different cases, depending on what's going on. The city of New Haven, Greater New Haven, Greater. So it's the same as what Jewish Federation would. So the Greater New Haven. So going from Milford, um, all the way to through the shoreline as okay. well. And you're hearing about the work of when you're hearing this initials JFS. That's Jewish Family Services. You're hearing Rachel Skolnick Dobin on. With WNHH Radio's High Haven talking about an effort from Jewish Family Services called SOS, the uh, an outreach program for people in a, needing emergency help with housing, uh, jobs, debt, and uh, and they got a fundraiser coming up. We're going to tell you about it a little later on May sixth to recognize the work of Joe Adler who helped them get going and, and raise some money for the effort. Rachel, tell me about a typical day. Like, what did you do yesterday? What did I do yesterday? So a lot of our efforts right now at JFS um, and a lot, of, I, I do, I wear a lot of different hats at JFS, but so I, we get a lot of phone calls at JFS for people that are struggling. So I had a call, I think yesterday, I think it was yesterday from a woman that um, is, has been working very part-time and was working per diem as a nurse's aide and really needs more work. She's on her own now. She needs more jobs. She needs more jobs. She needs to be able to make more money to support her apartment. And can she come in? Can I talk to her? Can I review her resume? What? How can we help her? So she came into my office. We met together. I reviewed her resume. But I also had her think about what resources does she already have in her life? Right. So what is so we're really good at editing resumes. Yes. And then I'll also help someone with a cover letter. We know cover letters are really, really important if you're just sending a resume without, you know, without a cover letter, without introducing yourself. But then I also see as one of my jobs to have people think about what are your greatest skills? What are you most proud of? So to, I had that whole conversation with her too. What, what have you done in your life that you're most proud of? So that when you go, when they go into those interviews, they're feeling confident. They're feeling really, really proud of themselves as well. So I'm hearing the words of a social worker. You're a trained social worker. Rachel, you grew up in Hamden, I believe, right? I did. 
And uh, Lisa Stanger's listening. She said, JFS provides important services in the community. Thanks for listening, Lisa. Um, so you grew up in Hamden, went to Hamden High, right? I did. And then you went off to college, you said, in Baltimore, and eventually found your way back, but you majored in social work. Before you did this JFS work, what kind of work were you doing? Uh, we were living in Boston at the time. I was working at a residential, so I was working um, at a place that's not called Step-by-Step -step Supported Living. It was a place for people with um, mental health and developmental disabilities. So that's one of my other loves, um, which we also have at JFS, is we run something called the Shalom Group. So it's a group for Jewish disabled adults. What made you want to go into social work, Rachel? Was this something early on in life, or did you see any patterns about the way you were growing up or the way, what you thought about that led you in that direction? Well, so my dad's a rabbi and my mom's a social worker, so it's probably... Family what I was, business. Right, it was probably what I was always <laughs> destined to be. I also um, worked for a while during college and right after college on political campaigns um, and worked in some congressional offices, which I loved, but I saw very quickly that there was a lot of the constituents and there was so much work and so many problems that we weren't able to help. So and now you're the person that Rachel, the staffer at a congressional office sends to. Right, right. To so I, we were seeing these cases and I just, I, the work wasn't being done quick enough. I'm not the most patient person in the world. And I really wanted to be able to not just talk the talk, but I really wanted to be able to get dirty and do the work. And a staffer at a congressional office is sort of, it's not a social worker, a real oh, constituent worker. Oh, absolutely, a real worker. constituent worker. So and which they office do an, was that? Who's I worked, a, I did an internship in Rosa's office, and I worked in 2000. Rosa uh, Delora. Yes. Yeah. And I can imagine a heavy percentage of those calls are people in need, needing some Oh, help. absolutely. And they do amazing, amazing And do you remember work. what kind of place, that's, so that's the New Haven area. Do you remember what kind of places you were sending people and what gaps you saw in the social service safety net? I don't remember where we were sending people at that time. That was a while ago. Um, but there, it, the, and the case managers within those offices try to do amazing constituent work. Uh, but there's a huge need for social workers um, within this area, and there's a huge housing need. There's there's just so many needs, and so and I want. When you were training, you went to school to be a social worker. What do you learn about how to approach people? Like the attitude that you know, ever since the days of Jane Adams, you know, sort of. How do you make sure you're not trying to solve people's problems for them or having sort of fixed ideas about what their lives should be like, but also really helping them so, get their lives together. So it's a fine line because you don't, sometimes you can see the solution very clearly in your head, but you want people to come up with it. Some of the work I do in case management is I can sometimes make suggestions. I do the work I do. The work I do is not clinical work um, per se. So it's a little bit different. You always want to meet someone where they are. So we also do work um, with people that are struggling, let's say, with um, in domestic violence relationships. One of the hard things sometimes in social work is as much as you want to sometimes tell someone to leave, you can't tell someone to leave. And not to be so drawn in, right? You got to care, but not be so drawn in that you lose your own perspective, right? Right, but you do care. Right, of course you right. care. You care a lot. But you got to make sure you still have some kind of emotional or intellectual distance so that you can help them solve the problem or no. Like, right, right. That's the goal. So can you think of a day on the job here? And how long have you been doing SOS? You uh, personally? I've been, I, so I started, I was the first person that's ever done SOS and I'm still oh, there. Oh, wow. So you've so, really been hanging in there. Yeah. Because so that's I, kind of a burnout profession, social work at a place, right? When you have yeah, not at, at, not at JFS. I think we've been, as staffers at JFS, we're, we're able to do so many different things and start so many different programs. Um, I've been at JFS since the beginning of SOS. And, yeah, so that's still, uh, eight years. Yeah. All I'm right. Just, yeah. So tell there. me about the day you'll never forget that tells you why it was important to the work where you really saw it make a difference. 
So there's a lot of days when you really see um, make a difference. We There's a lot of different things the SOS program can do. We've had some um, emergency funding, which really lets people, can. while it's not all the funding in the world for some of our clients, it truly, truly changes lives. One of the stories that I sometimes share, it was probably four or five years ago, I was about to go on maternity leave with my youngest and I had a woman in my office who was also pregnant and she had been working at a dry cleaners and for obvious reasons it had to stop. It was not a huge health risk to her. Yeah, Right, so she had been on her feet, she she was pretty sick and it was a high risk pregnancy. And she was talking, you know, she was talking to me in so, so many ways, you know, we're both, we're both, pre- you know, both pregnant women while I had been sitting in my office the whole time barefoot and on an exercise ball and complaining every minute of the day. Here's this other woman who was doing a couple weeks and complaining and she needed money to be able to pay her rent and all she, she wasn't thinking about her pregnancy. She wasn't enjoying the pregnancy. She wasn't able to think about this baby she was about to have. She just needed to make sure that she had money to pay that rent. So she wasn't going to be evicted during the four days she was in the hospital. Wow. And so your heart breaks, right? Like while I'm there complaining over every symptom I'm having, I have this woman in my office who really just needed money for, for so rent. So what happened? You gave her money for the rent. We um, So, right. So we pay the, um, when we had need, someone needs money for rent, we pay the landlord directly. Um, it's the only way we do it. And she was going to be able to, once she had the baby, she was going to be able to go back to work. We had also worked to help her get another job that was going to be a more flexible job with having a kid. We had, she, we knew she had childcare arrangements. And so we helped her pay that rent and she sent me a card like three weeks after she had the baby with a picture of the baby and all her kids at the oh, that's home. Nice. So it felt very good. So that's a, that's a key challenge when you're doing social work, right? If you're going to give someone a month rent, a lot of times that delays, not in this case, a lot of times that can delay dealing with the root problem, right? So the money doesn't really solve the problem. It sounds like this is one of those cases where it was an SOS right. emergency so, so for bridge the, for solution. For this program, yeah. when we are looking at cases like this, while the money might not solve 50 years of what these people's problems have been, if that money is going to change, can sometimes so change their lives, that little bit of money, while it might not and be combined t- with getting her the job that was flexible. Absolutely. And so I, you know, that I, if I'm working with someone and I'm, we're going to give money to them, I'm going to continue to work with them and do kind of a comprehensive assessment to make sure that all their other needs are being met. So now tell me about a day, Rachel, where you said, boy, it's just, we couldn't, cracked the nut we couldn't solve it we wished we could have helped and it turned out we couldn't this was beyond us so i don't i'm pretty stubborn and i don't like to think anything's beyond us um for the most part i think a lot of the cases we get it's we just need to kind of meet the people where they are like some people right aren't really willing to deal like especially drug addiction right i've been close a lot of people have that until they're ready to deal with it. Right. If someone's not ready to... If you give them money for a month's rent, they're just going to smell it on drugs or not necessarily change what happens and they're going to be in the same position until they're ready to... Right. So if someone doesn't want to um, focus on what what's going on with them, some people don't want my advice. Um, so I you know, give a lot of advice sometimes when it comes to resumes or cover letters and I'm giving it for a reason. There's reasons that we're giving this advice on editing cover letters. And sometimes people have been doing it a different way for a really long time. And I totally get that. And I totally empathize with that. With that. Change is hard. You know, change is hard for all of us. And so sometimes, a lot of times, the first time someone meets with me, I'll say, You're, I'm going to say things today that you might not want me want to hear and you might not like it. 
But if you want to get into the door of a job interview, I would rather be the one to tell you this than you hear it on an interview. And has anyone said, forget it and just kind of left? Uh, sometimes they'll leave after one meeting, but I often get calls back a couple of weeks later. All right. And, and, and um, Rachel, how many people, do you have a staff at SOS? So we have interns and I have like a administrative assistants that help as well. And are there volunteers who work on this program? Or is it more like there's a network of people you contact? We contact and we outsource as we need to. And where is your office? Uh, JFS is at um, 1440 Whaley Avenue. That's like, uh, oh, that's that little shop. No, not the shopping center. Yeah, sort of behind, set back behind the Athenian Diner. Yes, exactly. All right, yeah, I remember going there, the food they have food pantry there. Right, so we have a food pantry downstairs at yeah. JFS as well. And then what percentage of the um, people you see are Jewish? I, I don't have an exact statistic on that at the moment. So SOS started, um, honestly, it started as this outreach to the Jewish community, specifically to help the vulnerable Jewish um, community, vulnerable individuals, and that's where some of our um, initial seed funding came from. And that's really important. At this point, I'm not asking someone on their phone, on the phone for their bar mitzvah album. Right. So okay. I, you know, I don't, I think we're We need to help every single person, no matter how they identify. I, I think that's really, really so important. So it sounds like part of the goal at the beginning was when there was a lot of pain in the community and people don't always notice that Jews are affected just like everybody else. The Jewish community took a step to take care of their own. Absolutely. And put up the money to help the less fortunate in their own community. Is there anything else about this program, SOS, that is Jewish? What's Jewish about it? Well, so this is one of our Jewish big values, right? Is to help people get back on their feet and to provide for our neighbors. So this is, you know, this is an integral part of the Jewish community and what we really believe in and what we should be doing as a Jewish community as well. And was that important to you to go into, besides going into the family business, which is helping people need social work, all that, was there such, have you always a committed Jew? Like when you're growing up, did you always feel like Jewish identity is important to me? The values that I have as a Jew are going to guide how I live my life? Very much. And something I like personally really believe in is community and working at JFS and working back in the community where I grew up, where we're still here. I strongly, strongly believe in community and I believe in this principle of showing up. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I, um, if I don't teach my kids anything else in life, I hope they get it. That if there's a friend of ours that um, passes away or if it's someone we know that's struggling, you just go to the Shiva. You just pay your respects. You're there for people when they need it. And that's really what I try to do every day at work. All right. And what we're doing today is talking about the Jewish Family Services SOS program, an outreach program for people with emergency needs that is in its eighth year and going strong. Our guest is Rachel Skolnick-Dovin here on WNHH, 103.5 FM, live streamed at newhavenindependent.org. And the reason you came in today, Rachel, besides to tell us about this and ask people to support what you're doing, is to talk about an upcoming event you have. I guess it's an annual fundraiser event that uh, Jewish Family Services, JFS, has for the SOS program specifically. Yes. It's going to take place at the recently reopened Jewish Community Center, Sunday, May 6th at 6 p.m. Well, what's going on at this event? So... As we were talking about, our one of our founding members of SOS is um, the amazing Joe Adler. And SOS wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for Joe and if it wasn't for kind of his insight into the needs in this community. And so we, um, we're honoring Joe this year at our um, spring celebration. We have an annual fundraiser every year, but we wanted to honor Joe this year to really thank him for getting to where we are and for having the foresight of the importance of this program. So is it a dinner? 
It is a dinner. So it can be like music or music. cute kids reading poems or stuff. Or I don't no. know about cute kids reading poems, <laughs> but <laughs> I might, I might be able to share. I'm going to share a couple stories of a couple of our clients and uh, that we've helped. And Joe will be speaking, and there might be some dancing. It'll be a really, it's a really fun, but a really, really important evening, both to honor uh, Joe, but also to support this program. So we need, um, we need the support from our community so we can keep doing this really vital it's work. It's interesting when our, our communal institutions that do good work need raise the money. They often try to find someone both who deserves the honor, because you want to show your appreciation for someone who makes a difference and can bring in the people. Right. So Joe Adler has a track record, right? So I was looking at his bio here. I mean, he's in business, right? Morgan Stanley, but his for years, he just donated endless hours to Jewish community organizations, the kind of people who just show up to those meetings you don't want to have to attend and someone's got to make sure these organizations run. So he was president of the Jewish Federation. He was a long time with board at year with JFS, the board of Tower One, Tower East, the board of Yale New Haven Hospital. He and his brother co-founded Dorothy Adler Geriatric Assessment Center at the hospital. He's been honored by the ADL, so you're in line with that. He supports causes with Israel. So it's the kind of people that, oh, and he also helps Soviet Jews. He does everything. here in the 90s, and that was a big deal. Yeah. We're very, very lucky to have, you know, have Joe on board this year. We've always had him on board. He's always, he's one of our biggest fans. He'll go around, he'll tell anyone he ever talks to how amazing SOS is, how amazing JFS is. And so we feel very lucky to be able to celebrate him. You know, not just celebrate JFS this year, but celebrate Joe and his amazing work and to also have him share why he loves JFS and SOS. So we hope everyone will kind of join us for that evening. It's at the JCC on um, May 6th at 6 p.m. You want to give us a preview before we say goodbye of, of one of the stories you can tell that night? So one, we talk a lot about food um, too um, at JFS. So as I, we talked about, we have a food pantry downstairs. So we um, oftentimes, I, I talk about how with my kids, I often, I come home at the end of the day and I see the kids fighting over uh, one, the last pink cookie and they're fighting over this one pink cookie while we go into work and people are just hoping to have food to be able to fill their pantry. I know while some of us are talking about worrying about being overweight or, you know, like, or how good the food's going to be at some restaurant. Right. There's and, all these people. It's really sad. I mean, some New Haven neighborhoods now, it's a quarter to half the people every month are missing meals or deciding between rent and food. Oh, it's a huge deal. And so like some of, you know, some of the stories we're going to talk about are people that really have multiple needs that they're, you know, living maybe with someone that comes into our office that is on food stamps or maybe hasn't even been qualified for food stamps yet. And we're getting them different services or I'm helping them do the application for food stamps because if you're all of a sudden in a different situation, a lot of people that come to me for SOS don't even know where to turn. You no, know, it gets me about food stamps. I'm close to some people who are on food stamps. And if you have food stamps, you can't get fresh vegetables. They it, don't, you, you can't afford, if you're going to like buy a green pepper, you're really not going to, if you're going to buy like green peppers that aren't canned or um, oranges or apples, that's going to take up so much of the little you get that you can't afford to like get protein for the whole month. Right. And you also, there's other things you can't get either, which other people don't realize, which we're going to be talking about that evening. So you can't get like basic toiletries. Huh. So like as part of our wish list that evening, we're going to be, you know, asking for support so we can support our clients with basic toiletries. So we ask a lot, we get a lot of requests in our office. Food stamps doesn't cover toiletries. While it covers basic food, it by no means covers toilet paper, deodorant, shampoo, a lot of stuff that we all just take for granted. So we really need support so then we can support our clients. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Rachel. Rachel, how do people get in touch with you at 
the SOS program at Jewish Family Services, either to get help, to volunteer, to donate, or to attend the April 6th event. So our phone, I mean, sorry, May 6th event. Our phone number at JFS is um, 203-389-5599, and my extension's 109. And you can call me there, and I will try to get back to you as soon as I can. Your email is rsdobin, R-S-D-O-B-I-N, at J-F-S-N-H. Dot org, or you just Google Jewish Family Services New Haven. My, you name's, guys are there, my right? name's on the website all over it. Right. Well, I love hearing what you're up to, Rachel. It's all good work. Thank you. And uh, thanks for doing that work in New Haven with Jewish Family Services SOS program. Thanks for joining us today on, Yale, on WNHH's Dateline New Haven. Thanks to our guest, Rachel Skolnick-Dobin. Special thanks to Yale New Haven Hospital for providing support for today's program. Remember, folks, May 6th, there's going to be a good time at 6 p.m. at the Jewish Community Center for a fundraiser for Jewish Family Services SOS program. A lot of needs in our community but we can have fun while also contributing to a cause. So sign up for that. We're going to take it out with the Afro-Semitic experience performing I Wish I Knew How It Would Feel to Be Free from the group CD A Plea for Peace. Now we know what it's like to be free. We just got to remember to book our flight. Book your flight with us all week long here at WNHH New Haven's home for community radio. Music